Triple M Rocks Sunday Arvo Footy. For Harvey Norman Home Appliances. Raylene Castle, welcome to Sunday Triple M NRL. Thank you for having me. But of course, for you, Raylene, it all, it all started out. You were, I know people know you have a history in sport as an administrator, but you were a lawn bowls champion. I was. How, how did, oh. Do you still play lawn bowls? <laughs> Unfortunately, since I've arrived in uh, Australia, the job's been a little bit busy and I haven't been a skill on the greens. But, uh, yeah, I played uh, some representative lawn bowls in New Zealand. Probably. My mum obviously uh, played, went to four Commonwealth Games and won uh, numerous medals at Commonwealth Games. So oh. uh, that's how I picked up the sport and uh, we played together and it was a great thing to do together. As you see, Raylene, we've got all the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> I miss well, you. well, I just okay, don't well, want you to attack her like you yeah, did Lyle. Yeah. I didn't attack Lyle. I asked him some honest questions and yeah. I got some answers. Uh, Raylene, uh, there's, the there's, Raylene. Uh, there's been some talk about, you know, uh, the price of what the NRL puts up compared to other competitions. Um, is it enough, you know, for the dogs, for the amount of work you do over 26 weeks to get into the final series? Uh, do you think it's enough reward? Uh, I must admit, I'd like to see some more prize money. I think that... Um, there's no doubt getting that ring in the premiership and the guys don't think about winning run, winning money when they when they go out there trying to win a premiership ring. But I do think the return for the amount of work and effort also should see some uplift in prize money. That's, of course, as long as the game can afford it and there's some uh, choice to spend some money in other areas at the moment. But um, certainly along the way, I think a, a bigger prize pool, for, certainly for the, for the winners of the grand final, would be important. The NRL came out at the time, Raylene, to justify the, the money that was on offer by saying, well, they put up a million dollars which is uh, 400 for the grand final winner and 200 for the runner-up, etc. But they also made available, uh, and I think it's important to know that it was made available, not guaranteed, $1.5 million there for clubs who who are prepared to promote this themselves through the finals. Is that difficult to do, or is that is that fairly easy money to pick up? Yeah, so what the NRL said was that we need, because NRL take over running the final series, so we yes. don't run the games like we usually would, and there's a, a high level of neutrality involved in each of the games, but we have an opportunity to try and raise awareness and make sure our fans come along and support it. So anything mm. we can do, they put up a revenue sharing opportunity, so if we get our marketing team out, we get our players to tweet, we get our coaches to get out there and, and create. Good luck um, with theirs. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no, he's pretty good. Um, and then he's we, always <laughs> tweeting. He's always tweeting, that's right. <laughs> He's a big tweeter, uh, and uh, if we if we can do that, and we and last year we had some su- 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 some success rather, um, and uh, with uh, putting our mascot down at Bondi and creating yeah. some angst against the Roosters, and and that drove a big crowd. And then here earlier on this week we had this whole precinct here um, midweek full with uh, Bulldogs, our large jersey, and, and mascots and bits and pieces just to try and drive some excitement. And is it? The, the re- financial reward for doing that is it worth is it worth the effort that you, you've got to go through? Because I know that when the NRL tried to incentivise clubs to do this, it was basically because a, a couple of years back the clubs basically said to the NRL, "Well, look, we don't have any say in, in any of the money. This is all for you guys now, so we're not going to help promote the game." So the cl- the NRLs tried to get clubs to to buy into it. But is is it difficult to do? Is it difficult to the amount of work you've got to do to get paid by the NRL? Is that is it is it worth the effort? Yeah, it is worth the effort, and I think our back office staff are just as competitive as our guys on the field. Yep. And it's their way to show we're competitive, and we're going to win the race against the Penrith Panthers to get more Bulldogs fans here. So mm. it becomes a competitive thing that we can drive through our organisation as well. And the financial incentive, you know, I'd rather have the money than not have it, that's for sure. Yeah, Gordon said today that he thought it was 3-1 to one Penrith over the Bulldogs walking in. 
Yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to readjust no, well, that, Gordon? Or? Well, at the moment, there's more dogs walking in. Oh, here we go. Of, <laughs> no, but for the first couple of hours, can I let Gordon? Well, they had to leave early. The Penrith can, people. Can I let Gordon in on a secret? The 12 Pen- Penrith buses arrived at once and they all came through and Gordon oh. caught a glimpse. So. <laughs> okay. uh, Raylan, can I just ask you another question that um, uh, you can, maybe Obvious there's a bit more clarity my middle name's Lyle. For, the, for the current CEOs <laughs> uh, in, in respect to the salary cap and where that's going to be. Are the NRL any, more, any closer to letting you guys know where uh, the salary cap's going to be in 2018? We know that you guys, you need to build rosters and obviously you need to stay within those parameters. Do you know what those parameters are yet? We don't, and that's because we're in negotiations with the new collective bargaining agreement with the players. Those negotiations have started because the new agreement starts with the new TV deal. Um, and that's a long, involved process, as you can imagine. And uh, just like any union that negotiates, there's some challenges, there's some humps in the road and some discussions and some moving forward and stepping backwards. So we're in that process at the moment. Um, we all recognise that, um, you know, me, obviously, and, and all of the CEOs, that that's really challenging. But when you're talking about putting a five year uh, collective bargaining agreement in place, you can't rush it. You need to make sure it's right. Uh, so there will be some challenges as we move through the process. We'd like to think we can get it done by the end of this year, more likely to be early next year. Um, and the NRL will, will be circumspect over recognising that, that that challenge and making sure they continue to communicate with the clubs around that. How difficult is that then? Because come November 1, uh, my, my understanding, Steve Gillis, who's the president of the Player Agents scheme, he said that he believes 70% of the players are off contract at the end of next year because their managers have all timed it to come off so they can buy, enter a new deal under the new uh, television deal. So how difficult is it for you guys now to try and negotiate contracts with players when you've got no idea how much you can spend? Yeah, it's, you can manage it, um, Kenty. There is a way, of, they call them ratchet clauses, which means you put um, a clause in, some, and some people have done them and some people hasn't. That means any new increase in the salary cap gets shared equally amongst the people that you've re-signed. Some top-end players have got ratchet clauses, some haven't. Some clubs have used them, some clubs haven't. Uh, so there's, there's a variation. Um, there's a, uh, more than 30% of players, as my understanding, have already play, uh, re-signed. Yep. Uh, so there will be a balance. Some of the high-end players haven't, some are holding off. Um, but it's, it's just, it is what it is, and we've just got to work our way through it. Should it have all been sorted out well before this? Is, there, is this normal business procedure to leave it this late in things that we're, we're only two months away now from the, the, all these clauses being enacted that they can renegotiate? We don't have a salary cap to, to work under? It's not. It's, it is normal. Um, yeah. I know there were strikes on Friday with the people at the airport who, you know, hadn't reached agreement on their union collective agreement. So it's not abnormal. Um, I, there's both sides have a willingness to get to the table and make sure we reach an agreement sooner rather than later. So that's what we're endeavouring to do as, as we work through it. Um, but the, the thing is, we need to get it right because it is a five-year deal, and we get it wrong either for the players or for the NRL and the clubs. That could, well, that could be a very poor outcome. So where do the clubs sit on this? Are they are they more in line with the NRL or are they more in line with the players? Like what, Because the my understanding, and I'll, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the NRL is, is guaranteed to, play, to pay the clubs 130% of what the salary cap is. Is that, is that right? That's right. And so where do you guys sit then? Are you... Like, are you sort of sympathising with the players here or you're, you're sympathising with the NRL that the, the players are frustrated? Where, where are the clubs on this? So the clubs are part of the negotiating team that sit with the NRL. There's four club representatives, uh, representing the clubs of which I'm one of those four. Uh, and we are about making sure that we think about the implications for any... Uh, 
negotiated situations from the from the players' perspective, like say they came and said we want every Wednesday off, then we need to think about the implications of what that means to our training yep. rosters and performance and delivery and all of those things. So, yeah, it's, what, there's lots of elements to it. What about the licensing agreement? Because that's something the clubs are also going through and they're, they're actually dealing with the NRL there. And I understand there's some frustrations there about actually trying to get that across the line too. Again, there's time pressures to try and get it all done. And those two things are linked together, so you can't finalise one without the other. Right. So any idea how long this will take? I'd like to think it would get done this year, more likely early next year.